0: Amazing grace. everybody happy tonight? Praise God. It's good to be together, isn't it? God is good, and we thank you for being here and all the folks who are worshiping the Lord online with us tonight. We thank God for each of you. And I'm going to go to the Word of God, so if you have your Bibles, we're going to go to a scripture uh, in Isaiah chapter 21. Praise God. I'm looking for people to pick on, so just make eye contact with me so I can. It's funny when I say that, everybody's going. Oh, you made eye contact. All right. Here we go. Isaiah chapter 21 and verse 5. Prepare the table. Watch in the watchtower, eat, drink, arise, ye princes, and anoint the shield. Tonight I want to talk about spiritual growth. How many wants to grow in the Lord? Praise God. That's me too. I want to grow. 2024, we want to grow in the Lord, do we not? So I've got some words for you tonight I think will help you. So I'm going to try to be as quick and efficient as I can be. And what was it they said uh, that uh, the king, uh, no, Elizabeth Taylor said to her eighth husband, I won't keep you long. So I'll try not to keep you too long. We're going to laugh. We're going to perhaps cry. And we're going to have a good time. God bless you. You may be seated in Jesus' name. I hear the voice of the Spirit saying that this is the time for unusual happenings and spiritual growth. I think every child of God should have a desire in their heart. I believe you do, and I know I do, have a desire to grow. But our greatest enemy of growth is residing between our ears. It it is not the devil that is the 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 principal uh, combatant that keeps us from growing. It's the old flesh that gets in the way. And one of the things that thing called the enemy of progress in every area of our life. Now, I don't have anybody particularly in mind, except I want all of us to grow including yours truly. So stay with me for a few moments. If you desire a promotion or, or a raise on your job, you will not get it by doing the minimum, bare minimum, and nothing more. Uh, the employee that shows up when he feels like it, sometimes completing tasks, sometimes does not, eventually gets a visit from a manager or a coach. And a warning usually is given. If you want to grow in the company that you're in, uh, you, you don't grow by not taking on extra chores. You don't grow by showing up to meetings with a critical attitude. About your co workers. All the employers in here tonight are saying, Oh, amen, amen. You're not headed for a promotion anytime soon if that's your mental outlook. If you want a promotion on your job, here's what you have to do you have to go above, you have to go beyond what's required. You show up early. You take the initiative on new projects. If you happen to notice something that needs to be done, you say it kindly and then you say, can I help fix that? You don't walk up to the boss and say, the toilet needs to be plunged. You walk up to the boss and say, the toilet needs to be plunged and where's the plunger? I'd be glad to take care of that for you amazing amount of amens coming in tonight hallelujah Uh, if you want a raise on your job you've got to be a team player and your input is constructive encouraging and helpful these are all things that a guy that's a manager are you a manager brother Aaron you are Is what I'm saying, does that make any sense at all tonight? It does. Don't you hate it when you have to go to an employee and say, uh, I hate to tell you this, but your services are no longer required. Right? Isn't that awful? So, if you want to be a person who is promoted, and there's nothing wrong with that, everybody should desire to go ahead. Spiritual growth. Uh, We want the team to feel our appreciation and we want them to be thankful that you are on board we want the team to be saying I'll tell you what, one thing about that person they're always a help I I had a, a, a lady who was a member of our church several years ago her name was Josephine Wheelock does anybody remember Sister Josephine Oh my goodness, she she always had the greatest attitude, didn't she, Sister Carrie? You remember? How old are you anyway? Never mind. But I remember her, and she was one of the sweetest ladies that God allowed ever to live. It's with a combination of great effort and respect for teammates that launches a person's professional career i'm talking about in the world but the same is true of spiritual growth are you still with me some of you are saying what's he trying to tell me Hmm." there's nothing in between the lines it's all in black and white i want to tell you that sweat is still the lubricant of success, that there is great effort required. Now, God gives us the gift of eternal life, bought and paid for by the blood of Jesus Christ. But you don't grow without effort. And if you start praying, oh Lord, I want to grow, just be aware that there's going to be some things that God's going to send your way to help you to grow. But it's well worth it. I want you to know that the father of success is work. And the mother of achievement is ambition. And I want you to understand that easy is your enemy. It's so easy just to kind of settle back after becoming saved and just kind of roll with the tide. That may be, why the, uh, may be why the word easy appears only four times in the entire Bible. Only once in the Old Testament. Only three times in the New Testament. If you're looking for the easy way, this is not it. Well, praise God. Listen to the scriptures tonight. Abraham, Arise walk through the land in the length of it and in the breadth of it for i will give unto thee joshua moses my servant is dead now therefore arise go over this jordan thou and all this people unto the land which i do give to them joshua every place that the sole of your foot shall tread upon that have i given unto you as i said unto moses and the Lord said unto Joshua, Fear not, neither be thou dismayed. Take all the people of war with thee and arise. Go up to Ai. See, I have given unto thy hand the king of Ai and his people and his city and his land. Gideon, arise, get thee down into the host, for I have delivered it into thine hand. Notice there's one word that keeps popping up in every one of these success stories. Elijah, arise, get thee to Zarephath, which belongeth to Zidon, and dwell there. Behold, I have commanded, commanded a widow woman there to sustain thee. David said to Solomon, arise, therefore, and be doing, and the Lord be with thee. Actually, I had somebody tell me that, the Lord be with you. That was my cousin Terry. I'm not going to tell on him right now, maybe later. Arise and be doing, and the Lord be with thee. Watch. Are you noticing yet? What's the one word that's been common in all these verses so far? Oh, you are in it tonight. Nehemiah chapter 2, verse 20. The God of heaven, he will prosper us. Therefore, we his servants will Arise. arise and build. There's not too much that gets accomplished sitting down. Jesus said, But that you may know that the Son of Man has power on earth to forgive sins. Then saith he to the sick of the palsy, Arise, take up thy bed, and go unto thine house. I'm still with it. Are you still with it? Ephesians chapter 5, verse 14, wherefore he saith, awake thou that sleepest, and arise from the dead, and Christ shall give thee light. So everything that's good and wholesome and worthwhile, you have to get up and go after it. You have to arise. You can't sit there and wait. You know, the reason some people are never going to make it to the top in life is they're standing on the bottom floor waiting for the elevator. We have to put some effort into this thing. If it takes effort to grow a company, if it takes effort to become wealthy in this world's goods, then is it not true that we need to put some effort into our spiritual life? It's not like we don't have to put any effort into this. Yes, Jesus paid it all, but he wants us to value what he's given us and put effort into it. I've looked at the Bible, and I don't read anything about the resolutions of the apostles, but I've read a great deal of the Acts of the Apostles. Have you ever failed? Well, you fell down the first time you tried to walk. You may not remember that. You probably almost drowned the first time you tried to swim. Did you hit the ball the first time you swung a bat at the ball sitting on the tee? Or did you whiff the ball? Heavy hitters, the one who hit the most home runs, did you know they also strike out a lot? How many knows how many times Babe Ruth struck out? I wouldn't know, but I I got it here in front of me. 1,330 times Babe Ruth struck out. But you don't remember him for the 1,330 times he struck out. You remember him for the 714 home runs he hit. R.H. Macy failed seven times before his store in New York caught on. A novelist, John Creasy, got 753 rejection slips before he published 564 books. Don't worry about failure. Many opportunities are missed, not because we failed, but because we didn't try. The Lord is speaking to all of us. Here's what he says. You ready? Isaiah chapter 60 and verse 1. He says, Arise, shine. For thy light is come, and the glory of the Lord is risen upon thee. For behold, the darkness shall cover the earth, and gross darkness the people. But the Lord shall arise upon thee, and his glory shall be seen upon thee. Amen. Now it's an old story, and it's as corny as the hills. But I'm going to tell it anyhow because I've got the pulpit. And I've told this story before, but you guys probably remember the story of Larry Walters. Some of you don't. Some of you need to be reminded. Everybody has dreams. We all have dreams, right? We dream about stuff. But how many people actually turn their dream into reality? Well, Larry Walters is among the relatively few who have. His story is crazy, but it's true. And you may find it hard to believe. Remember, Larry was a a truck driver. But his lifelong dream was to fly. When he graduated from high school, he joined the Air Force in hopes of becoming a pilot. Unfortunately, his eyesight disqualified him. So when he finally left the service, he had to satisfy himself watching the jets crisscross the skies over his backyard. And as he sat one day in his lawn chair thinking about his dream and the magic of flying a little light bulb came on in his brain and he went down to the local Army Navy surplus store and remember he bought a tank of helium and 45 weather balloons and He went back to his yard, attached the balloons to his lawn chair, and you know what happened. He anchored the chair to the bumper of his Jeep and inflated the balloons with helium and packed some sandwiches and some drinks and loaded a BB gun, figuring he could pop a few balloons when it was time to return. His preparations all complete, his ropes tied, Larry Walter sat down in his lawn chair, BB gun across his lap, and he cut the anchoring cord. And his plan was to lazily float up over the yard and wave at the neighbors, but things didn't quite work out that way. Because when Larry cut that cord, he had way too many helium balloons on there, and he shot up as if he had been fired from a cannon. And he didn't go up a couple hundred feet. He climbed and climbed until he finally leveled off at 11,000 feet. And at that height, he was scared to death. He wasn't about to try to take his hands off the grips to get a hold of the BB gun. Because he was afraid if he shot one balloon, the thing might tip and he might go sailing on his own. So eventually, remember, Larry drifted into the corridor for the Los Angeles International Airport and a a commercial pilot back then, there was a company called Pan Am, and the pilot radioed the tower about passing a guy in a lawn chair at 11,000 feet with a gun in his lap. Now, being a pilot, I would have loved to have heard that. I really would. LAX is right on the ocean, and you you might know at nightfall, the winds on the coast begin to change, so as dusk fell, Larry began drifting out to sea. Anybody know somebody by the name of Larry? (laughs) At that point, the Navy dispatched a helicopter, but the rescue team had a hard time getting to him because the... The draft from the propeller, every time they got close, would push Larry away. Eventually, they were able to hover over him and drop a rescue line, and they gradually hauled him back to earth. And as soon as Larry hit the ground, he was arrested. But as he was being led away in handcuffs, a television reporter cried out, Mr. Walters! Mr. Walters! Why'd you do it? Larry stopped, looked at the man, and I honest to God this was his answer a man can't just sit around (laughs) you can't make a career out of doing nothing and you can't build a business doing nothing and you can't grow in the Lord doing nothing it takes effort remember Freddie Fulcrum weighed everything very carefully. He would say, on the one hand, and then he would say, but then on the other. And his arguments always weighed out so evenly that he never did anything. So when Freddie died, they carved a big zero on his tombstone. And they said, if you decide to fish, fine. Or if you decide to cut bait, fine. But if you decide to do nothing, you're not going to have fish for dinner. Arise. To grow in Christ, I must be willing to make sacrifices that I haven't made before. Christ accepts us like we are, but he does not want us to stay the way we are. Are you still with me? To become what God wants you to become, it has to be purposeful and intentional. And you have to make some decisions that says, for the good of the work of God, for the good of my soul, I will stop doing this. For the good of the work of God, for the good of my soul, I will start doing this. And usually it's going to be something that your flesh does not like to do. But arise, for this is our day and this is our hour, and it doesn't matter who you are, it doesn't matter what your name is. What matters is are you willing to put the effort? That's right. She said amen. She's going an intercessory prayer now. Hallelujah. This is the year to pull out all the stops and to say, I'm going to give it all I've got. Amen. Maybe you're a person who has done something for God and, and maybe it's time to add on to what you're doing for God. Maybe somebody needs to say, I'm going to start witnessing more regularly than I ever have before. Yeah. Maybe somebody needs to say, I, I, I'm, going to, I'm going to be in Saturday night prayer meetings. I'll look up. I'm not gonna look down at you. No way. Maybe somebody needs to say, Well, I am gonna I'm gonna make an effort to read through the Bible. We we gotta be willing to stretch ourselves. You see, if we only do what we have time to do and what we're comfortable doing what we're comfortable doing, we'll never grow. So arise, ye princes. And you know, the Bible does tell us that you are a prince. How do you become a prince? It's easy. You just be born the son or the daughter of a king. Who's the king? Amen. That makes you a prince or a princess. Arise, ye princes. I'm thankful tonight. That the Bible says, what manner of love the Father hath bestowed upon us that we should be called the sons of God. You're not nobody, you're somebody. You're a child of God. Amen. All that God is waiting for is for me to put more effort into my walk with God. I could help out in some ministry. I, I could go out and bundle up and go out and knock doors on Saturday. Saturday. I I had a guy tell me when we were we were in a building program he said self righteously God has not called me to drive nails. God has called me to preach. Well, guess what? He's not driving nails and he's not preaching either. Hello. Sometimes we have to make ourselves do some things that we don't perhaps really enjoy doing, but if we discipline ourselves, it creates a place for God to work in our life. I don't want to be the same guy today that I was last year. I, I want to get closer to God. I, I don't want to be the same man that I was even six weeks ago. I, I want to draw closer to God. And it has to be intentional. It has to be something that you're willing to, shall I dare say the word, sacrifice. Behold, beloved, now are we the sons of God that doth not yet appear what we shall be. But we know that when he shall appear, we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. God told Jacob, he said, your name's not going to be Jacob anymore, but Israel, for as a prince, you have power with God and with men and has prevailed. I believe that God has given us incredible power just waiting for us to get up. And what I told you about my cousin, I wasn't going to tell you, i just tell you a little snippet of it. In a Burger King many years ago, a group of Young people were in there making fun of God's Word, the Holy Bible, which happened to be sitting on our table. And I had enough of it, and I was scared to death. But I got up with a tract in my hand. Before I got up, I said, Terry, I'm going to go over and give them this tract. And he said, the Lord be with you. It wasn't funny then. I walked across that floor. I I know my knee was shaking. I walked over and I was thinking, oh boy, this is going to hurt. And I went over. I laid that track on the table. I smacked it with my hand. And I said, you need to read this. And as soon as God saw me get up, he sent angels all around me. The power of God hit me as strong as I've ever felt it in the pulpit. I preached them a message. They began to weep. They were sorry for their attitudes. One of them followed me back to our prayer room, fell on his knees and repented before God because God begins to move when we begin to get up. We can curse the darkness or light a candle. We can do either one. But you do have power with God. Jesus said... In Matthew 21, 22, in all things, whatsoever you shall ask in prayer, believing you shall receive. Jesus said in Matthew 7, ask and it shall be given you. Seek and you shall find. Knock and it shall be opened unto you. For everyone that asks receives, and he that seeks receives finds, and to him that knocks it shall be opened, or what man is there of you, whom if his son asks bread, will he give him a stone or if he asks fish, will he give him a serpent, if you then be an evil know how to give good gifts unto your children, how much more shall your father, which is in heaven give good things to them that ask him God has given you power with God, and you also have power with men the word of God says in First Chronicles 16, when you were but few, even a few, and strangers in it. And when they went from nation to nation, and from one kingdom to another people, he suffered no man to do them wrong. Yea, he reproved kings for their sake, saying, touch not mine anointed, and do my prophets no harm. I want you to know that God feels that way about every one of us. You need to be very careful about sticking your hand on one of God's kids. All you mama bears know exactly what I'm talking about. You might as well say amen. Somebody touches your kid, you have this mama bear instinct. Well, let me tell you, God has... Much more of an instinct than that. And by the way, do you know this simple truth? Nobody gets away with nothing. Now that's not correct English, but it's true. Somebody says, well, she gets away with murder. No, she doesn't. Well, I can't believe he got away with it. No, he didn't. There's a God who keeps score. And you ain't god so don't be keeping score let god keep score somebody say praise god it's wednesday night you came to church i'm just being plain and open with people who may have a desire to grow If you don't desire to grow, then you'll just stay the same person you are year after year, month after month, and you'll never make any effort to better yourself or or to grow in the spirit. But people who want to become what God wants them to become will be willing to make sacrifices. God protects us. God appeared to a pagan king by the name of Abimelech in a dream. He said, you lay one hand on Sarah and you're dead. God caused Joseph to be favored by Potiphar, and then God caused the favor of the chief jailer, and then the favor of the chief baker, and the chief butler, and then God gave him favor with Pharaoh. You see, because God says you're important. The Bible says the child Samuel grew and was in favor both with the Lord and also with men. I believe that God is able not only to give you his favor, but to cause people to favor you. Can somebody say amen? Amen. Daniel was a man that God brought into favor with the emperor. A little servant woman. She might not have thought she was much, but she witnessed to the wife of the commander of the Syrian army. And the result was that General Naaman was healed of his leprosy and said, because of this little woman, now I know that there is no God in all the earth but in Israel. A Jewish girl who didn't think much about herself. You see, when you think proudly, then God's going to pop your balloon. But... If you will give the glory and the credit to God and realize that because he lives, you are who you are and you give the glory and the credit to God. A little Jewish girl named Hadassah witnessed to the emperor of Persia and would become Queen Esther and save an entire nation from annihilation. Philip was brought into favor with the the treasure of the uh, Queen Candace of Ethiopia and it brought a revival that still goes on to this day in Ethiopia. Arise, ye princes, anoint the shield. God leaves that to us. He says, I want you to anoint the shield. That, that shield that in old days was, was uh, a frame covered by leather and oil was rubbed into the leather to make it supple so that an arrow would bounce off. And when Saul died on Mount Gilboa, the Bible said that his shield was no longer rubbed with oil. I've got to take time to pray and to be, get in the spirit. I've got to take time to, to worship and praise God. I need the anointing of God upon my shield. I don't want my shield breaking in the day of battle. I want to be able to stand and having done all to stand, stand there for, hey, listen to me. I'm not preaching very long. Don't you go off into Na Na land. Hello? Woo! Somebody, take your elbow and just gently nudge somebody. Wake them up, please. Just gently, just gently nudge them. Now, if they fall on the floor, they're going to get embarrassed. Okay, but don't don't do it that hard. Just a light nudge. Anoint the shield. We wrestle not against flesh and blood, but we are wrestling. Ladies and gentlemen, we are in the fight of our life right now, and we know who's going to win. We're going to win. We are winners. You are going to win this fight, but we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but we do wrestle against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. So put on the whole armor of God get with it pray when you don't feel like praying read when you don't feel like reading witness when you don't feel like witness have a good attitude when you feel like having a rotten one above all take the shield of faith wherewith you shall be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked above all take the shield of faith I'll never forget Brother Stevens making a statement that I wrote down in my notes and I've used it ever since he said it to me. He said something about, I know that David was fighting in the will of God that day when he went up against Goliath. And he said, I know that his cause was just. He said, but did you ever notice? Listen, this is a word from the Lord that anybody who allows someone else to carry their shield is going to fail. And he was saying that because the Bible said that Goliath had a staff of his spear like a weaver's beam, and his spearhead weighed 600 shekels, or commentators say that spearhead weighed between 15 and 19 pounds. And one bearing a shield went before him. Somebody else was carrying his shield. And what happens? He fell. Anybody who allows someone else to carry their shield is doomed to fail. I need the shield of faith. I need to say, Lord, I believe I believe, come on, don't let the devil make you live in in worry and fear and anxiety. Begin to say, I believe, I believe. I'll never forget the missionary telling the story about the mother who brought her blind baby in the healing line. And, And as she was walking up, she was just saying, I believe, I believe, I believe. And when the missionary prayed for that baby, the baby's eyes were instantly opened because mama was saying, I believe, I believe, I believe. Oh, God, in the name of Jesus, help us tonight. I don't want to be like Saul, who one time was anointed, but died in the battlefield with his shield knocked out of his hands because it was no longer rubbed with oil, the oil of being a symbol of the Holy Spirit. I hear the commander say, arise, get up, shake it off, get up. Somebody said, well, I fell down. I experienced the difficulty, joined the party. 2023 was probably one of the tougher years for me. I still think of my mother every day, several times a day. And I'm still saying, Mama, why did you go? I know she was almost 102. I know that's not rational. I know she made it. But I'm thinking about that, and and then my wife falling down and, and nearly losing her. But God worked it out and then flying at 5,000 feet and the engine starting to sputter. It it has not been an easy year for a lot of people. And those trials that I just mentioned are small compared to some of the trials that you've gone through. But you know what we got to do? We got to shake it off. We can't live in the past. Come on, we got to arise. You are a prince, you are a princess. God has a calling upon your life. Arise. And anoint the shield my god i feel the holy ghost in this place tonight i'm well aware of the problem and i'm i i will not be very much longer that paul was addressing when he wrote to the corinthian church about how they came to church and spoke in tongues all the way through the service now you may not realize that but there was a problem in the corinthian church and And people were just spending all the service speaking in tongues and not hardly speaking one intelligible word that a sinner could understand. And so Paul begins to teach teach them, and he said, And even things without life giving sound, whether pipe or harp, except they give a distinction in the sounds, how shall it be known what is piped or harp? For if the trumpet give an uncertain sound, he said to them, who shall prepare himself to the battle? So likewise ye, except you utter by the tongue words, easy to be understood, how shall it be known what is spoken? For you shall speak into the air." and so he was addressing an abuse of the gift of tongues and it was all everybody wanted to give a message and and visitors were sitting there going i don't get this i don't understand this and paul said you got to speak in the language that people understand if you're going to reach the lost but in the middle of dealing with that problem Paul dropped some nuggets about our walk with God and growing in the Lord that I want you to get out of this book of Corinthians. He said in 1 Corinthians 14, he that speaketh in an unknown tongue speaketh not unto men but unto God. So when you're speaking in an unknown tongue, speaking in other tongues, you are speaking to God. He went on to say, in the Spirit he speaketh mysteries, in verse 2 of chapter 14. So he said, he's speaking mysteries. In verse 4 he said, he that speaketh in an unknown tongue edifieth himself. Now you might think of that in a negative light. It's not negative. When I'm praying in my prayer closet, or praying even in church, there's times when we're all able to speak in tongues in church. The Corinthians were doing it for the whole service, and he had to address that. But I do know that when we speak in an unknown tongue, we are edifying ourselves. We are building up our most holy faith. Some people don't realize the benefit that comes with the Holy Ghost speaking in tongues. After they once get it, they say, oh, I got it. And they think that it's just a shot that they get, and now they've been vaccinated. And that's it. But the Holy Ghost is supposed to be renewed. And every time I'm praying in the spirit, my spirit is being edified. That means improved. It means built. It means established. And Paul would go on to say, even though he was dealing with an abuse of tongues, he said, I would that you all speak with tongues. He said, when I pray in an unknown tongue, my spirit prayeth. There's sometimes when you need to let your spirit pray. Sometimes you don't know what to say and you need to pray in tongues for a little while and tears course down your face. You don't even know why you're saying or what you're saying, but it sure does feel good because the Holy Ghost is doing something to your spirit. People that go too long in between speaking in tongues, they walk through places that I am afraid to walk. They walk through dry places. And the Bible says when an unclean spirit comes out of a man, he walks through dry places. I don't want to walk in dry places. I need to pray in tongues. It's not just for the new convert. It's for the elder. It's for the new convert. It's for the kids. It's for the teenagers. It's for the middle-aged. It's for the seniors. Everybody needs to have a habit of praying in the Spirit. The writer of Romans in Romans 8, 26 says this, teaching about the Spirit. He said, Likewise, the Spirit also helpeth our infirmities, for we know not what we should pray for as we ought, but the Spirit itself maketh intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. I can't explain it to you except to tell you that sometimes I just need to pray in the Spirit because the Lord knows what I'm needing better than I know. And he that searcheth the hearts knoweth what is the mind of the Spirit, because he maketh intercession for the saints according to the will of God. On April the 14th, I will have a man of God here preaching in this pulpit, who will tell you one of the most amazing angel interventions by the power of God. You want to mark it in your calendar, April the 14th. He's going to come and tell you what God did for him. And it's one of the most amazing stories I have ever heard told by any human. I just know there's some things that that happen by the Spirit and only by the Spirit. We need God's spirit working. And he knows what the mind of the spirit is. And so the spirit makes intercession for the saints according to the will of God. And I will tell you also, there are some things that you can counsel. And I'm not against counseling. My God, we need counsel. There are some things that you need to have therapy for. And I'm not against therapy. We need therapy sometimes. But I want you to know that. It shall come to pass in that day that his burden shall be taken away from off thy yoke and his yoke from off thy neck and the yoke shall be destroyed because of the anointing. Nothing can do what the anointing can do. It's still not by might nor by power, but by my spirit, saith the Lord of hosts. You can do anything. You can be anything God wants you to do and God wants you to be if you're willing to get up. And if you're willing to anoint the shield, I need to pray in the Spirit. It's not for the simple. Oh, it's for us simple people, too. But it's not just for the simple, it's for you wise guys, too. That was pretty good, wasn't it? It's for everybody. You can do anything, be anything that God wants you to do and be if you want to get up and let the Holy Ghost give the anointing. I'm going to close here in just a moment. and, And I know I said that a minute ago. So give me one more chance to wrap this up. I feel a burden to tell you something and I'm hoping that you will receive it. God has ordered ordained that at each level of blessing there must be a commensurate level of discipline I want you to let that sink in if you want to be used of God greatly there is a commensurate level of discipline that you must have are you willing to listen to this almost done you're doing really well It is ordained of God that with each level of blessing, there is also a new level of discipline. And he does this because he loves us. And let me explain it, and then I'm going to have you stand. My precious mother saw some musical talent in me when I was but a small boy. And and so she put me in the band, starting in fourth grade, on a flutophone. (laughs) So you remember the flutophone, don't you? I saw that, Steve. You played the flutophone, didn't you? He doesn't want to admit it. Don't look at him. I'm embarrassing the guy. And you could make some God-awful shrieks on that flutophone. But she saw some musical talent in me. And so at fourth grade, she put me on the flute By junior high, I was playing the trombone. In my first year of college, I was playing at the general conference for Lanny Wolf on the trombone. Some of you younger people, you don't even know what I'm talking about. It's okay. But it was pretty awesome back in that day. Mom said, that's good. I want you to play the piano too. Ah. So at a very young age, when my friends were out bouncing the basketball, I'm sitting on a piano bench. And mom says, you're going to practice X amount of time. Get with it. So, while they were out playing b-ball, I was stuck on a piano bench. But later I would play on three different recording projects. And whatever talent I had, is less now. Listen carefully. It was September the 12th, 1972. I took my first pilot's lesson in a little Cessna 150, a little two-seat trainer. That instructor scared me so bad. I think I almost had to pry my hand off the yoke. Literally. I felt my hand was stiff from holding on to that yoke because i didn't know if the thing was going to go upside down upside right or whatever and it was scary but i ran out of money and i ran out of time and i heard the call of god and i went to bible college so it was not until july 7th 1983 that i would first fly an airplane by myself I can tell you on that first flight, I was shocked. I still remember this arrogant young instructor saying, pull over right here. I pulled over. He started undoing his seatbelt. I said, what are you doing? He said, I'm getting out. That was my first knowledge, what he had planned for me that day. He said, don't be watching me. Watch what you're doing. Signed my logbook and slammed the door and walked away. I can tell you brother Keith McCrae, on that first flight when I started down that runway, I was talking in tongues. I literally was talking in tongues as I'm rolling down that runway. flew around as a student pilot for a while, got busy, and left it again, and another gap in time. And finally on January the 4th, 1996, I passed my private pilot flight test. That was on January 4th. I told you it'd be in my story. On January 6th, two days after I got my newly minted certificate, Earl Ferris was my first passenger two days after I got my license now my dad and him both went down with me I think we went down to was it Lewiston I think it was Lewiston and uh, my dad and him were sitting there and I said okay I'm I'm gonna take each one of you up for a ride my dad says you go first (laughs) he was a smart man And we went up around the patch, landed, he got out with no harm done. My dad got in and back around the patch, we went again. And I think several of you, how many of you have ridden with me in the airplane? Just raise your hand. Just look around all these foolish people. That's quite a few of you, actually. I didn't realize that many. But what you may not know is that while I was still in school, to be able to see that dream come true, I took a job riding on the back of a trash truck. And while the other kids were still sleeping, and before the sun came up, I was riding on the back of a trash truck and back in those days you ran into the backyard and you got the big burn barrel and you hoisted it up like this. And you ran through the backyard hoping no dogs were going to chase you, they didn't have leash laws back then and you dumped that thing into the truck and you ran back and you got another barrel and every once in a while, don't want to gross you out but Things didn't go where they were pointed. But I had a dream. I wanted to see it fulfilled. I spent a lot of time and a lot of money. I would be doing you no favor if I were to say to you tonight, here, take the keys to my airplane if it was running, which it's not yet. Take the keys to my airplane and go ahead, take it for a ride. I just love you so much here take the keys and just go for a ride I would be doing you no favor for there are some blessings that without the proper level of discipline required equals death I might be very good hearted and say okay here go ahead I've got plenty of insurance take it and go for a ride But if you didn't have the proper amount of discipline and training, then what I have done is I have just signed your death warrant. There are some blessings that require another level of discipline. And if you get the blessing before you get the level of discipline, you will die. Are you still with me? So don't be afraid to make sacrifices. Don't be afraid to say yes to God when God's asking you to do something that might not be exactly what you wanted or exactly like you liked it. God is more concerned about how you go through a trial than he is the trial you go through. He's not interested in who was right and who was wrong. He's interested in knowing what kind of a character are you becoming. What kind of a Christian will you be? Can he trust you in leadership with his most fragile lambs? Can he trust you not to break a bruised reed or to put out a smoking flax? Because just because you know Acts 2.38 and you may even know a lot of the doctrines of the Bible, you have to have that level of discipline that goes with that knowledge or you become a danger to the kingdom of God. Well, I felt the Holy Ghost put that in my heart. So take the attitude of one of my greatest heroes in the Bible, that shepherd boy turned giant killer, that shepherd boy who followed his dream and became king of Israel. Take his attitude, and here it is spelled out in two little verses. And the king said unto Arana, Nay, but I will surely buy it of thee at a price. Neither will I offer burnt offerings unto the Lord my God of that which doth cost me nothing. So David bought the threshing floor, and the oxen for 50 shekels of silver. And David built there an altar unto the Lord and offered burnt offerings and peace offerings. So the Lord was entreated for the land, and the plague was stayed from Israel, all because of a man who said, I will not offer God something that costs me nothing. Now you may stand. We're talking about spiritual growth. Listen, if you want to follow your dream, sometimes you have to bite your tongue. If you want to follow your dream, sometimes you have to suffer. Even when you're doing good, it's called boot camp, baby. God's putting you into boot camp. He wants to know how trustworthy you are. And so he says, I'm going to let you fly that plane, but before you fly that plane, you're going to have to show the level of discipline that goes with the honor of being a pilot. Otherwise, I'll be reading about you in the news. I want to grow in the Lord. Is there anybody here that would lift your voices with me? I, I, I hope this made sense tonight. I love you so much. I want, I want you to be all that God wants you to be. Would you lift your hands right now and would you begin to praise the Lord for the good word of the Lord tonight? And would you say, Lord, I want to grow. It's my desire to grow. I don't want to just idle. I don't want to just sit down in the car and put it in park. God, I want to drive this thing. I want to see it go forward. I want to be what you want to To be, I want to do what you want me to do. Help me to have the attitude of a leader. Here I am. Here I am. What? Here I am. What do you mean? You're the Potter. I'm the clay. Why? if, If you wanted to, if you wanted me to jump up and down and spin like a top. I'm going to try it. If you say, go over in the corner and stand on your head, I'm going to try it. If you said, I want you to halal the Lord, I want you to praise me with ridiculous praise, I'm going to try it. By the way, he did say that. I want to know, do you love me more than you love all these other things? Is there an outfit you love more than God? Is there a rock group you love more than God? Is a football team more important to you than God? Is money more important to you than God? Hello? No, I will not offer God something that cost me nothing. Huh, that's a thought. I never thought about that until today. When you grow, your wardrobe has to change. Wow, that's powerful. You're still wearing what you wore when you were five. Woo, that's embarrassing. I want to be what you want me to be. Spiritual growth. Let this be the year. Now, this month we're going to announce, this coming Sunday, a time of prayer and fasting. I'm going to encourage those who are healthy enough to do it to join us. I will be announcing a schedule of prayer and fasting. I will announce it in the Sunday morning and Sunday night services. We're going to have a time of prayer and fasting. And we're going to seek the Lord. And we're going to believe God. I just talked to Brother Trey Cornwell today. He is so excited about being here for Youth Week. He can't hardly wait. And his new wife is is just, she can't hardly wait to get here and to meet all you young people. It's going to be exciting. Now, would you just bow your heads with me and let's pray together. Lord, I love you and I worship you and I praise you. I thank you, Lord, that every one of these dear people that are here tonight, you have personally handpicked. Not a one of them, Lord, are here by coincidental circumstance, but every one of us have been handpicked by you. And God, now we just ask you to help us to put the effort into our walk with God. Help us to put a greater effort to arise and, and, and to believe God and to anoint our shield and to allow the spiritual disciplines To be present so that we can fly successfully. We give you praise. We give you glory. We give you honor. Is there anybody in the house that felt something? Maybe God spoke to you at one little point in this message. I'm hoping that there's somebody that says, you know what? I'm not going to let this service go by. I'm going to tell God tonight, right now, whatever you want me to do, I'm willing. Whatever you want me to be, I'm willing. I've got to get up. I'm going to arise. I'm a prince. I'm going to anoint my shield. I'm not going to be the person I was last year. I'm going to let God help me to grow. Is there anybody? This was about spiritual growth. I really felt a burden and a love for you when I was preparing this message. I was thinking about All of you, and I was thinking, oh, God, these people have such great potential. They have so many potentials. God, there's nothing that you could not do through them. But some people tend to stay in the same place. Month after month after month, they never change. That must not be us. Well, I promise you this if my pastor was telling me this, I'd be down here. I'm just just going to be honest with you. I'd be down here. I'd be down here in a heartbeat because I want to be everything that God wants me to be, and I want to do everything God wants me to do, and the older I get, the more I realize the time is short, and, and we need to do what we're going to do for God so Lord we arise and we anoint our shields tonight with Holy Ghost all we're going to pray in tongues more often this year we're going to pray in the spirit more often we're going to be edified and built up in the Lord but ye beloved building on your most holy faith praying in the Holy Ghost we're going to do that more oh yes hallelujah and God is here to do great and mighty things Now, I don't want you doing it because somebody else did it, but if you just close your eyes so you can't see what anybody else is doing, would you respond to this message right now? Whatever God has spoken to your heart, would you respond to it? You could simply just say, here am I. And that means you're the potter, I'm the clay. Mold me and shape me according to your will. Here am I. Here am I. I give myself. I give myself to you. Here am I. Oh oh my God, do you feel that? There's a wave of the Holy Ghost going through here. This is where you have to to discipline yourself. You're tired and you may have had a long day, but right now, give that, that extra measure of discipline right now and just begin to praise God and God will reward you. He will reward you right now. My God, in the name of Jesus. Let these people be filled with Holy Ghost power. Let the blinded eyes be opened this year. Let the deaf ears be unstopped this year. Let the lame leap like a heart. Let these people receive anointing to, to witness and, and to win souls for you, Lord. One of my favorite all-time preachers was Billy Cole. He said if a person learns How to preach before they learn how to win souls. They'll be looking for pulpits instead of souls. My God, that was a powerful statement. It wasn't mine, it was his. I want to win souls for Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Here I am, Jesus. Now, Lord, let there be a special anointing given to these precious people tonight. Let there be a special anointing upon these people. God, as we give ourselves to you fresh and anew. Lord, as we go through situations that, that we don't understand, and we go through situations that we didn't expect, and some surprises hit us, and sometimes it's it's mind-blowing what we have to go through. But God, we pledge tonight to grow in the Spirit. We desire to grow.